<clears throat> morning, church. We, uh, we began a study of the book of Ruth last week, and Ruth is a story about the lives of several people, and their lives were certainly not what they had planned. Maybe you can relate. Maybe your life hasn't gone as planned. Ruth is a story in the midst of difficult times, and in difficult times, sometimes it's difficult to love. When life doesn't go as planned, when the going gets tough, when life is difficult, when relationships are tough, life doesn't often turn out the way you planned. And when you do, you've got choices. You can respond in a number of different ways. You can just throw your hands up in despair. You can take matters into your own hands. You can respond in unethical and immoral ways. You can be bitter, you can question God, or you can respond in faith and trust God. And in the story of Ruth, we see all of those responses. This short story begins with very difficult times. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So we've got a family that's going to move to another land. They move because there's a famine. There's a famine because God's people are living in rebellion. The book of Ruth takes place during the um, period of the Judges. And if you don't know anything about the period of the Judges, the last verse of Judges summarizes, In those days Israel had no king and everyone did whatever they wanted to do. So it was one of the lowest points of history in God's people. It was a period of rebellion period of apostasy, it was a time of war, and because of their rebellion and because of their disobedience, God did exactly what God promised He would do. He sent a famine. He sent a famine, and when there's a famine, food is hard to find. Our first grandson was born back in December, and if you're not aware, formula has not been on the shelf. Formula has been very difficult to find. It's an extremely stressful time for new moms. If you're not aware of that, you ought to reach out to some new moms and say, hey, can I go looking for formula for you? Food was difficult to find in this story. And when food is difficult to find, sometimes you'll go anywhere and look anywhere for food. Elimelech and Naomi and their family are living in Bethlehem, and Bethlehem means house of bread, but it's kind of ironic there is no bread. So Elimelech looks 50 miles away, 50 miles away where the grass seemed greener, 50 miles away to the land of Moab. Moab, the enemy of God's people. As you read through the book of Judges, Moab has invaded Israel and ruled God's people for 18 years. They're the enemy. And that is where Elimelech took his family, to the land of Moab, 15 miles away. Now, I'm going to keep saying this. I want you to hear this from the book of Ruth. No matter how difficult life gets, no matter how difficult the circumstances, no matter how much your life may not turn out the way you have it planned, the safest place to be, the best place to be, is always in the will of God, and it's always following God. It's always heading towards God. Life got difficult for Elimelech, 
it wasn't turning out the way he had planned. And so he chose to leave the safest place and the best place. And he left the will of God and he moved his family 50 miles away where God's enemy was to the land of Moab. Elimelech, which means my God is king, was certainly not living like God was his king. He left God out of his decisions. He left God out of his life. He moved his family away from God's land, from God's people, from God's worship. He allowed his boys to marry Moabite women, which God had specifically said not to do. He continues to live in rebellion. And they didn't move temporarily. They may have thought it was going to be temporary, but they lived there for ten years. Ten years. And during those ten years, Elimelech dies. His two sons die, leaving three women destitute. Being a widow in that culture meant you were going to live without security, without protection, and without anyone to provide for you. And so these three women, as we'll see today, had some choices to make. How do you respond in difficult situations? How do you respond in difficult relationships? Naomi had to decide, do I stay in Moab or do I return to Judah? Do I take my daughters-in-law with me or do I leave them here? Do I start a new life back in Judah or do I stay here in Moab? The two daughters-in-law, as we will see, they had choices. Do we stay in Moab and leave Naomi to go back or do we go with her? Life certainly wasn't what they had planned. Maybe you can identify. Maybe your life isn't what you had planned. Maybe last week isn't what you had planned. Maybe last month isn't what you had planned. It wasn't what it was supposed to be. It wasn't how you were supposed to live. This relationship, this job, this career, this house, these children. This is not what I had planned. So let's read Ruth chapter 1. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died. Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of His people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she'd been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Naomi said, even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. At this they wept again, then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Naomi said to Ruth, look, your sister-in-law's going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. Then Ruth said to Naomi, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. 
May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Naomi told them, Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. When life doesn't go as planned, you have choices. When life gets difficult, you have choices. When relationships get difficult, you have choices. So I want to talk to you today about choices. And one of those choices has to do with people, relationships, and love. We said last week that Ruth is a love story in a variety of ways. Ruth and Naomi, Ruth and Boaz, God and us. But loving someone is sometimes tough. Love is sometimes tough. Being a person that others can love is sometimes difficult, and sometimes loving God is difficult. Think about it. If it's easy, maybe it's not love. Because loving is not easy. Choosing to love is not easy. Loving during trials and difficult circumstances is not easy. Easy. You don't stay married for years and years and years. We announced today the marriage of the 62 years. You don't stay married for 62 years, and it's easy. Loving is sometimes very difficult. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. Do you, you think that was easy for God? Loving us that way? Romans 5, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, sinful people, Christ died for us. When you love someone to the point that you'll die for them, that's not easy. 1 John 3, 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And you all know sometimes that's not easy. Listen, church, that, that, that kind of love is difficult. Loving someone in difficult situations is not easy. So back to our story in Ruth, we've got three women who've got to make choices. Three women who have to make choices about relationships. Three women who have to make choices about love. So how do we love when life doesn't go as planned? Naomi's life didn't go as planned. She didn't choose this life. We talked about that last week. She didn't choose this life. Her husband did. But she chose her attitude. Naomi, which means pleasant, changed her name to Mara, which means bitter, she chose her attitude. And instead of choosing to make her life better, she chose bitter. 
When life doesn't go as planned, you can make it better. You can make it bitter. Maybe you know someone like that. Maybe that describes you. Maybe you've become bitter because you just feel like life hasn't dealt you a very good hand. And you begin to blame God and you begin to take matters into your own hand. I mean, if God's not going to do anything for me and in my life, then I will. And as a result, maybe you start doing things you shouldn't do. Maybe you live in rebellion to God. Maybe you start living in a way that you know you shouldn't live. Because, you know, it's one thing to know God's will. And it's another to trust in God, to allow God to work in difficult situations when life doesn't go as planned. Naomi chose to become bitter, and it was evident. When they went back to Judah... It was evident in her countenance, in her behavior, in her words. The women of the town said, can this be Naomi? I mean, ten years of living in Moab has taken a toll. It's taken a toll on her life. It's taken a toll on her appearance. It's taken a toll on her personality. Naomi decides, though, she's going to make a choice. She, she chooses to go back to Judah. Why? Because she's here, she hears there's food. There's no longer a famine. The Lord's providing, so I'm going back. And she knows the future isn't very bright for Orpah or Ruth. And she tries to make their choice for them. She wants to make their choice in the same way that her husband Elimelech made her choice. And four times she tells them, go back, return home, return home, go back. Orpah makes her choice. Orpah knows Naomi's right. Orpah knows her future with Naomi is bleak. Orpah knows the only way she might get a husband is to go back and stay where she is. She wanted to be a wife again. What young woman wouldn't? And she knows she's getting nothing in return from Naomi. Naomi's mad. Naomi's angry. Naomi's bitter. She's getting nothing in return in that relationship, so she goes back. Ruth makes her choice. And that's the choice that I love in chapter 1, and that's the choice I want us to look at. Here's the difference, though. Ruth obviously wants to be a wife again, but more important to her than being a wife was loving Naomi and going with her. Ruth loves Naomi so much... It's more important than marrying again, being a wife again, possibly being a mother. When life doesn't go as planned, she chose love. And you knew it wouldn't be easy. And we'll see that it won't be easy. She doesn't want to give up on her relationship with Naomi. She doesn't want to give up on her relationship with her mother-in-law. She knows what the future holds. She knows the future is going to continue to be not what she had planned. She knows she's about to proceed with a life of poverty because there's no men in the life in that day and age. She knows she's probably not going to have any more any sons. She knows she's probably not going to marry again. She knows she's probably going to be alienated. And she'll always be known as Ruth the Moabitess. Everybody's going to say, not just Ruth, there's Ruth the Moabitess. But she doesn't want to give up on her relationship with Naomi. And she doesn't want to give up on her relationship with Naomi's God. So the Bible says Ruth clung to her. 
Just so you know, when we read in weddings, that's the same terminology for Genesis 2. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. That word means to be joined, to be united, to remain with, to hold fast, to cleave, to embrace. That's the love that Ruth is showing us. That's the love that God wants us to show Him. Maybe that's why we use these words at weddings. I don't know if you've ever heard the song, Whither Thou Goest. If not, just Google it and Bing Crosby will sing it to you. Don't urge me to leave you or to take or turn back from you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God, where you die, I'll die, and there I'll be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. If anything but death separates you and me. The King James Version, where you go, I will go. Whither thou goest, I will go. Now, folks, th this, this is a powerful definition of love for any relationship. Any relationship. This is a powerful definition of how God wants us to love one another. This is a powerful definition of love on how God wants us to love Him. This is a powerful definition of how God loves us. And when life doesn't go as planned, this is how we ought to still continue to love. Ruth tells Naomi, not only am I going with you, but wherever you go, I'll go. And your people who are not her people, but your people will be my people. And your God, who has not been the God she's known, but she's seen that God through Naomi somehow, your God will be my God. But there's more. Where you die, I will die. It, it, it's, in other words, I, I'm not going back to Moab after you die. Where you die, I will die. Wherever your grave is, I'm going to be in the grave right beside you. I'm staying by your side in life. I'm staying by your side in death. Folks, that, that's, that's love. That's faith. Ruth didn't have to show Naomi that kind of love. But she's grown to love Naomi and she's grown to love Naomi's God. And let me say this about love. Her, her love is not motivated by what's in it for me. Because she knows very well she may get nothing from Naomi. It's the kind of love that we all want. It's the kind of love that very few deliver. The kind of love that doesn't walk out. The kind of love that doesn't choose the easy road. The kind of love that sticks with us through thick and thin, the kind of love that wants nothing in return, the kind of love that God shows us. But here's the deal. When life doesn't go as planned, when life gets difficult, when relationships get difficult, many people choose a whole different kind of love. Their love is, I will love you if. I'll love you if. I get something back. I'll love you if I get something in return. I'll love you if you stay attractive. I'll love you if you are successful. I'll love you if you make a lot of money. I'll love you if you don't hurt me. If you continue to give me something, in, if you don't give me something in return, I, I'll love you if. 
We all really want the kind of love that is even if. I'll love you even if. I'll love you even if you gain weight. I'll love you even if you lose your hair. I'll love you even if you lose your job. I'll love you even if you don't provide for me. I'll love you even if you hurt me. I'll love you even if you give me nothing in return. I have to tell you about our daughter, Sydney, because she's not here today and I'm somewhat safe. <laughs> Sydney had a very successful cross-country and track career in high school, and she signed a letter of intent to run at Harding. And her fall semester at Harding, she developed a stress fracture. They were limited on a number of girls. Sydney ran with a stress fracture, and it was painful. And then in the spring, she developed mono, and... Mono and the spleen and something I don't understand, but the team doctor said, you're not running. And the coach kept saying, you're running. And the team doctor said, you're not running. And you're running, you're not running, you're running. And Sydney reached a point where she called us and she said, I, I'm, as Forrest Gump would say, I'm through running now. And we told her that was fine. And she told the coach, look, I surrender my scholarship and... When I get healthy, I'll just walk on. And the coach said, no, you're not welcome on this team. I'm not getting anything out of you, so I don't need you anymore. You see, that's the kind of relationships we see in the world. Ruth loved Naomi even if she got nothing in return. God loves us even if He gets nothing in return. And one of the things I want us to see is that love is not easy. Here's what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, I tell you, love your enemies. Folks, that's, <laughs> tell me that's easy. Love's not easy. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's not easy. Jesus, what are you talking about? If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Even the tax collectors do that. And we say, Jesus, that, that, that kind of love is ridiculous. That kind of love is not easy. And Jesus says, it's easy to be nice to those who are nice to you. It's easy to love those who love you. What about those who are your enemies? And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, I want you to go the second mile. Jesus says, you, you love those people. It would have been easier for Ruth to stay in Moab, just like Orpah did. But she didn't choose the easy path. She chose love. Listen, folks, if you take the easy way out of all of your relationships, then you... You might not know what real love is. Love is hard. Love is difficult. Just ask Naomi. She changed her name. When she called me pleasant, you call me bitter. Which is interesting because when they left, they were empty. She had a full house of people, but an empty cupboard, so they left. And she went to find greener pastures with her husband and family and more food. And now she has an empty house and a full cupboard. Her husband's died. 
Her two boys have died, and she's thinking, you know, maybe I was full in Bethlehem even though we had no food in the cupboard. She left because there was a physical famine, no food, and she returns with a relationship famine, no husband, no boys. Folks, I want, I want us to see from Ruth that relationships are difficult and relationships are tough and real loving is tough and sometimes it's tough. <laughs> you know this. Sometimes it's tough to love people. Sometimes it's tough to love God. And you have to make a choice. Just like Ruth and Orpah and Naomi. Even if they don't love you back, Jesus said you love them anyway. Even if you get nothing back. It's hard to love people who don't love you in return. It's hard to love a spouse when there's no love in return. And it's hard to love God when your life doesn't go as planned and you think it's His fault. But Ruth chose to love Naomi even if. Life doesn't always go as planned. And when it doesn't, Ruth teaches us that we're called to love at all times, which is interesting. I know we've read from Ruth 4. It's interesting that Naomi's great-great-grandson, David, wrote this, I will extol the Lord when? At all times. Even when life doesn't go as planned. Even when life's difficult. Even when a spouse is difficult, even when your kids are difficult, even when parents are difficult, even when the boss is difficult, even when co-work, at all times. I'm going to extol the Lord at all times. And that's what Ruth did when life didn't go as planned. Let me illustrate with three slides. This is the kind of love that God wants us to have. We sing about it. Anywhere with Jesus. Where? Anywhere with Jesus. When? Anywhere with Jesus. When life doesn't go as planned, anywhere with Jesus. When life is difficult, anywhere with Jesus. It's always the safest and the best place to be. I love this song by Casting Crowns. I'll praise you in this storm and I'll lift my hands for you are who you are no matter where I am. No matter if life doesn't go as planned, I'm, st I'm still going to lift my hands and praise you. And every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand. You never left my side. And though my heart is torn, I'll praise you in this storm. Or as Ruth said, Whither thou goest, I will go. Wherever you go, I'll go. When we begin chapter 1, Naomi and her family are moving away from God. When we end chapter 1, Naomi and her daughters-in-law are returning to God and running back to God and God's people. Maybe that's what you need to be doing. If you've been running away from God, living in rebellion, living out of God's will, I'm just going to run my life the way I want to. I'm going to throw my hands up in despair. God's not doing anything for me. I'm just going to do whatever I want. If that's you, maybe it's time for you to return to God. Maybe it's time to stop running away. Maybe it's time to stop living in rebellion. Maybe it's time to return to God, return to God's family.
Return to God's worship. That's what we find Naomi doing at the end of chapter 1. Let's pray.